Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Stephen Stewart, founder and managing director of Northern Ireland-based producer Green Inc., which is still in production on a series despite the coronavirus lockdown and also has an office in Dublin, south of the border, so is dealing with two different sets of government policies on helping small businesses through the crisis. But first, Charlotte Reid, Head of Lifestyle and Entertainment Commissioning at Discovery UK in Ireland, spoke with Clive Whittingham about how she's adapting the schedules of networks including Really, HGTV, Food Network, Quest Red, TLC and ID in the face of COVID-19, with over 20 productions put on hold. We had loads in production before it hit and, um, and, and then we just had to kind of assess what was happening case by case and day by day. And actually the world today is really quite different from where it was three weeks ago. Um, But we just worked with each of our producers to work out what was best to do in their opinion um, on each of our productions. And we kind of limped through with quite a few, Um, but gradually one by one, they're pretty much all on pause now. There's a few that we've kept going. So things that were in post, we've managed to keep going. Um, We had a couple of really hairy ones. So we were, we've made a series with the Nolan sisters who uh, went on a cruise um, and we had them on a cruise while the whole diamond princess thing was going on. Um, filming, and, and they were basically meant to be stopping at certain ports in Italy, just as Italy went into total crisis. So that was, that was quite nerve wracking. But um, they, they, they were all fine. They were absolute troopers. They finished the filming. They did a performance of I'm in the mood for dancing on the last day of the cruise. They didn't dock in Italy. They ended up docking um, somewhere else and got back to England or went into isolation for a week. And we're all fine. So we're in the edit on that. But that was, that was, that was hairy. Yeah, you, can, you really can pick them, a cruise and, and Italy. I mean, that's, that's ticking a lot of boxes. How, how was that going into work every day, just trying to firefight on that one? Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, we were working, so we, that, that's being made by Cosca, um, and they were just incredible. They were like superhuman producers. They just navigated every bump in the road, and, you know, they were pretty massive bumps. They were just brilliant. So, yeah, that's now in the edit. So anything that's in the edit is fine. Um, and, you know, another, another one of our series, Bad Skin Clinic, which we're in production for season two of, it's been a really big hit for us. Um, you know, that, the, the talent on that is... Um, is a doctor. She works out of um, Guys and St. Thomas's as well as private practice. And she was still trying to do some filming for us as well as, you know, obviously managing at the front line of this. So people have been incredible, but in the end, you know, we have had to pause that. Um, so so we're, we're pausing anything that's filming, but we, we, we just worked with the producers as to what they thought was best. And like I said, some people kept going a little bit longer. They're working, you know, we're working with Crack It on a crime series and they're really innovative about what they can do. So they've got a plan to get up and running again in a couple of weeks, but they've got a plan B. But if we can't do that, we'll just film it in a different way. So actually it's made people think really differently and really innovatively. Um, and that's been quite an part, important part of our thinking as well, I think, because 
hopefully we'll return to you know hopefully this lockdown will lift in three weeks or so but we kind of don't know how it will change our world we don't know if we'll be going back in or out of this situation over the next year or 18 months so actually what we've started to do is go okay how can we operate in a way that means we don't have to shut down again like this that we can be a little bit more nimble that we can keep productions going um so you know there's been a lot of creativity as well as a lot of sadness <laughs> but everything hopefully we're just on pause hopefully when things start to ease off we'll be able to get going on everything we had in production beforehand so it's not just a case of if it's in post-production it's fine and if it's in production it's just paused and on the shelf there are some ways around it and innovation yeah there's definitely middle grounds and, and like you said we're just working with producers it's really important to us that they and the talent or the contributors feel comfortable you know they've got to feel safe they've got to feel well so we're really working with them on what they think is appropriate and what they're happy to do um, and, and we'll work around that always so very much case by case and presumably and i mean inevitably some of the original production is either going to be late or or, or is going to fall over does that leave schedule gaps sort of three six nine months down the line that you're looking to fill how far in advance are you yeah no you're, you're absolutely right there will be delays i mean sometimes less sometimes more um sometimes it's had quite a dramatic effect as to whether when we can get back up and running some the certain ambitious projects with foreign filming that will take you know will that will create much more of a delay for them. I mean, we're in a slightly different position at Discovery because we've got our output deal and all the content we get from our US partners. We don't have the same kind of urgency and scheduling gaps um, as other people. So we're not in a terrible situation on that front. Um, and actually some of the ones, like I said, will have small pauses, but hopefully they won't be dramatically different and they will be, you know, a matter of weeks delays. Um, so at the moment we're, we're not, we're not, you know, we're confident that we can get back on track quite quickly. Have you and your um, commissioning team got round to discussing ideas for programmes, uh, new commissions, because, you know, for with the coronavirus in mind, you know, programming that's relevant to the horrors we're all going through now, have you got round to thinking about potential ideas for that? So, what, what, what yeah, we, we, we've discussed it and we've thought about it. And I think from our perspective for the LE channels in the UK um, we we've decided we should be a kind of alternative place we should be somewhere that viewers can go to escape that we're a place of comfort and that we're not somewhere where they're going to turn on and watch um, COVID-19 content so actually what we've been doing is we have been looking at some ways of trying to make programs in this environment um, but looking at evergreen programming so yes we might have to film differently we might have to think differently about what and how we do it but they would be evergreen content so we would commission into our core genres and make programs that we could play now but we could equally play next year so they won't be locked down or quarantine um, focused at all because we are we are hearing that sort of lighter tone and escapism are two of the big things that uh, audiences are looking for and quite a lot of your channels fit perfectly into that yeah, I think we are going to commission a handful of projects um, that we'll make now. Um, and, it, and, and we want to do that for a number of reasons. We want to be working with producers that we work with. We want them to be able to, you know, um, 
we want them to be able to work and make programs but like i said we want to kind of future proof and we want to be able to go we will still be able to make things in difficult environments so it's just thinking about different ways of doing that and we've been doing that i'm sure other other people have been doing it as well but just thinking of really sort of like lateral ways that we can do that so looking at talent who are married to cameramen um <laughs> you know just lots of different sort of ways into you know our core programming and our sweet spots but we but definitely not we wouldn't do you know a lockdown a lockdown home show or anything like that it won't be lockdown focused okay so but like food content presumably can be filmed at home minimal crew in people's kitchens home content so is is that the kind of thing you you you're looking for that's exactly right so we we're, we're, we're going to look in the food area look at the sort of home restoration area um we're looking we've got we've got a digital series that we did last year um some a short form series and actually there was a lot of footage so we're looking at how we can turn that into a long form linear series so lots of different sort of nimble ways in they will all be reasonably low budget propositions because we are commissioning into a risky environment and we're aware of that but you know we're trying to use it as a kind of way to get content but also to learn and future proof our audience is basically the production community um for, for producers listening into this looking for opportunities like you say to get work what sort of advice would you give them about what they should and shouldn't be pitching you so they should be pitching, I think they should be pitching exactly the same core genres that we would normally be looking for. So um, that's food, it's homes, it's medical, and that is harder at the moment. But in terms of the future, we will definitely still be wanting that. Blue light, again, be difficult to film at the moment, but as soon as we come out of that, that's definitely an area and probably even more so. I think we'll have, you know, even more appetite for big hearted blue light shows um crime um and weddings and how um how can they go about pitching you because obviously we've lost all our markets we've lost all our meetups where you know the networking opportunities are gone i mean how do you know someone that hasn't worked with you before you know how do they go about uh, getting that foot in the door in this circumstance so it's, it's exactly the same as they would normally. So it's sending, you know, an email to me or one of my commissioning execs, Zach. So there's Romy Page, Deirdre Dowling, and Matt Reed, and they're all basically first name underscore surname at discovery.com. And we've heard that maybe um, clip shows, archive shows might fill gaps for channels. Does that really work for, for any of your networks? Do you see that being a, a stopgap or, or not really? No, I don't think we'll go down that route. I think, again, we'll stick to trying to make the sort of programmes that we would norm normally make. I don't think we'll change our commissioning strategy. I just think we'll think, how can we make these programmes in a slightly different way? And are you, I mean, can you tell me a little bit about your audience, what your audience is normally, and whether that's skewed slightly more family with everyone stuck at home with the kids? Yeah, I mean, our audience, you know, our audience is 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 a slightly older demo. Um, you know, our Quest Red audience is, is older. It's very down to earth. That's more female skewed, really is a little bit more co-viewing. It's more 60, 40. Um, but they are, you know, they're, they're salt of the earth. They are family viewers. So I don't think I don't think that changes. And I think, again, you know, if we're doing an ambulance show or a bad skin clinic show or a crime show, we wouldn't change the sorts of commissioning we're doing now. It just might be that we'll slightly change the way we'd film it. How many sort of hours of originals do you do a year usually? And 
are you like you say because you've got that library content that can come from the US are you you're still doing some originals but turning the number of hours down or still looking to do that same number of hours so look I think um, I think we had I think it was 24 things in production before this happened across across those six channels um, so we were really busy we had a lot in production um, and hopefully we'll get all those up and running we've got a few ideas we've got more ideas in the pipeline we're looking at that look like all broadcasters there will be an impact of this and that could affect what we commission at the moment we're really hopeful we can get back to business as usual um, and I can't I don't know as of today whether that will affect the number of things we're commissioning hopefully hopefully not we commission quite strategically again into all those channels because we get our other content so it's always supplementary our commissioning so hopefully that will stay reasonably steady and how's the commissioning being done lots of zoom meetings is that is that how it's working loads of zoom meetings loads <laughs> of zoom meetings i mean actually that's quite nice because you're talking to producers in a really informal way we're all seeing into each other's homes everyone's kids are kind of coming in to shop. So I think in terms of relationships, it's been, it's actually been really nice. Um, but yeah, so it, it, we're trying to keep it as business as usual as possible in terms of commissioning. And it is the same thing. It's, you know, email us, give us a call, send in ideas, don't need loads of detail. We can take top lines, anything on tape is always really brilliant, always really helpful. Um, but just get in touch with us. Discovery UK and Ireland Head of Lifestyle and Entertainment Commissioning, Charlotte Reed, speaking with Clive Whittingham. Clive also talked recently with Stephen Stewart, Managing Director of Green Inc., a factual and entertainment specialist in Northern Ireland, set up together with TV personality Patrick Keelty. The companies behind series including Ireland's Got Talent, Monumental and RTE's Crime Call, one of four productions the firm had underway when the coronavirus pandemic hit, but which is still continuing. Here's Stephen Stewart. We had um, four series in production. Uh, one of them stalled instantly, although we'd done a week's shooting, so we hit stage payments, which was pretty good, so we weren't out money. And that clearly then that'll kick off again in a few months whenever we, when the cloud lifts. With another series that we were doing, we got one episode finished and two not not finished but they'll finish very quickly once we get so that they're sort of semi-stalled um because the editing is pretty much still going on uh then we had a travel series we just got a travel series uh shot within about days as, as we were making it countries kept closing um so we got that done and then the one the, the one that we're still doing is called crime call which is uh you know similar proposition to crime watch we make it in association with uh, the Garda, the Irish police. It's a co-production with Rare TV. Um, and that's viewed by the guards as essential television and pretty much by RTE because it's public broadcast, you know, service at its best, really. Yeah. And so interesting enough. Sort of, uh, what sort of crimes are you getting on there? Is it people having barbecues in the park and things now? Is that, is that, is that what we've heard? No, we haven't. No, it's been the same crimes. It, well, it's everything from murders, missing people, CCTV of people getting assaulted in a train station or a pub, outside a pub, uh, petty thefts. So we do, we do that sort of stuff. But it, interesting enough, the last program we did, which was a couple of weeks ago, it goes out monthly. Um, we had the deputy commissioner of the guards on, and that show got a 43% share. It was phenomenal. We got over half a million viewers, which in Ireland is, that's 10% of the population. 
So it's, it kind of proves that that sort of non-news programming is people are, are after it, you know, it was interesting. Um, how, um, how do you go about um, either putting it together? Like, because obviously there's travel restrictions and people working from home and things like that. How do you even start putting a show together while all this is going on? Yeah, that was difficult because just before, about five days before we're going to do it, RT Studios closed. Um, so we had to do it as an outside broadcast uh, because it was live. So we did it from the guards' band room. They have a big hall and it worked. It actually worked really well. As I say, got phenomenal viewing figures. So we came live from the guard as HQ. We had to do social distancing. Uh, you know, in the outside broadcast truck, we were all spread over the gallery. We wore masks. Um, we also did it, normally we would do it all live, like the whole one hour program. We actually recorded most of the show across the day, which allowed us to bring one detective in, talk to them, then release them. So we had a flow of individuals through the day rather than a big mass group. We, the call takers, normally would have eight or 10 guards in the studio taking calls. We put them on a different premises back at RTE and they were socially distanced. Um, so it was tricky. It was hard, but we got there. Um, and for next month's program, the studio is available to us now. So we think we're back in the studio again. You have to go through your, um, your list of people that are involved in the production and, and be really sort of, do they absolutely have to be there? You know, is it just ticking yeah. them off line by line trying to? No, to it's, it yeah, it's definitely minimum crewing. You know, we had like we had, although we had three cameras with only two operators, we may only go with one operator next time. Um, so it's minimum crewing, minimum staff. Another interesting thing is that, you know, where Green Inc is based in the north of Ireland, well, we're based in both the north of Ireland, but for this next one, I'm going to get, uh, you know, a proof of permission from the guards because I suspect my northern, my UK registered car may get stopped in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, so when I'm driving down to the HQ, so that's sort of, there's a sort of practical stuff like that as well. Yeah, practical now, but four weeks ago, you would never have thought it's, it's happened so quickly, hasn't it? I mean, how have you, um, as, a, as a sort of indie business owner, how have you had to pivot and, you know, dodge all these things that have, have come up that, like I say, five weeks ago, we would just never have believed we'd have been in this situation? Yeah, it's, well, we've moved quickly um, to sort out what, what we can and can't do. Spoke to the broadcasters about what we can and can't achieve. The broadcasters have been very good. It's been the BBC and RTE. I'm very understand because it's difficult for them. Um, I think RTE are certainly concerned because they are dependent on advertising revenue and that has just tanked. Um, so they've been very good. Um, and obviously to do it as an outside broadcast, for example, the Crime Call Act cost more money. So there was concerns about if we were to do that for the next four episodes, which gets us to the end of the, this, this run, you know, that would be a substantial sum, but I think we're okay if we're back in the studio. So those sorts of factors have all come into play. Um, we're still delivering stuff to the broadcasters because the edit, our editing has been working, uh, people editing from home. Which government do you, because like you say, you're sort of north and south of the border, which government do you go to cap in hand for, for help over all of this? And how have, how have the, um, the UK government and the Irish government 
approaches to supporting indie businesses like you? How, do, how does it differ and how has it helped or, or not, as the case may be? The UK government have done the furlough scheme and so on, that's fine. The southern government have said they're helping and not as across that as much, even though we have teams, because our teams in the south are, are, are still working, really. Um, there's practical difficult things, you know, in the south of Ireland, you're only allowed two kilometres from your house. So there's sort of logistical stuff going on. Um, but it seems to be fine, certainly in the north of Ireland, Northern Ireland screen were very proactive right from the start. And they've, they've held a weekly indie conference call meeting thing, which has been really useful because we all then because we were all trying to find out what to do and everybody was feeding in. So that we do that every Friday and that has been tremendous. Screen Producers Ireland did the similar thing, but their first meeting was only last week. So they're slightly slower off the blocks. Both Northern Ireland Screen and Screen Producers Ireland have been lobbying to both gov you know, respective governments. So they're really good at um, asking questions of the broadcasters and of the government. And that, all that that stuff we've heard from from the Chancellor on on this side of the Irish Sea about help for independent businesses, furloughing employees, help for freelance, and things like that. Um, any any good? I mean, reassuring or devil in the detail? How how is it as a business owner looking at that? Well, nobody was sure what the detail was, um, and and I think it's uh, to be honest, we're okay as a company, but uh, some of my colleagues with other companies and so on um they're concerned because they're furloughing quite a few staff you know and they you have to cash flow it yeah and you won't see any money at the earliest till may and yeah. of course there's no guarantee that you will see the money if anybody can test whether those people should be furloughed so you know companies are i think are putting themselves at risk uh, by doing too much furloughing because they may not see that money yeah, that is interesting. It's quite scary. So what's your, I mean, are you, uh, you're obviously modeling best case, worst case scenarios. I mean, how do you see the rest of 2020 going? You know, how long do you anticipate production lockdown going, uh, this going on for? And, and where is your company going to go from here? Well, like we've, we've been, as well as doing the product, we've stayed in production with a couple of the shows, but we've done a lot of development. We've pitched a lot of ideas to the broadcasters. I have personally, we're, as a company, we're okay and our cash flow is okay. I have a concern that later in the year there's going to be a drought because the broadcasters have commissioned a lot of programs which won't be delivered till later in the year. So they don't need as many programs. So while they're being very good now at trying to be proactive and keep us all working and you know, uh, do fast turnarounds on development. Uh, I I am concerned that there's not going to be money in the kitty further That's down. Interesting. Can you down. can you make some money now, like selling finished tape? Because we hear that it's a good time to be a distributor. Where, you know, anecdotally, whether that's going to end up being true or not, I don't know. But can you have you got like back catalogue that you can make money on that one? Yeah, we've already had that. We made a series called Many Faces of, it was celebrities, many, and they've, they've already repeated Many Faces of Ronnie Barker is going out again. So that's quite good because you, you make a few quid on that, but it's not enough to keep a company going. I'm more, con I'm more concerned, you know, as I say, we're okay now in that we're in production with some. We have the other programs that we know will deliver when the cloud lifts, so we'll have cash flow then. But I'm just slightly concerned that there's a drought 
after all this stuff that is being delivered later in the year is delivered, um, the broadcasters don't need other programming. So they're going to be they're going to be belt tightening as well, aren't we? We've already seen it with Channel Four. Yeah, in a load off there. You know, the the ad revenue and that's not going to be there, is it? I think it's also worth saying. You know, we immediately. I think it's worth we immediately reacted quickly, but we saw it as an opportunity as well. Yeah, you know, because the commissioning needs were changing. I do think they're. We're an entertainment-focused company as well, and I think there will be opportunities for entertainment and no audience shows and that sort of thing. So, you know, while we've moved very quickly to try and protect ourselves, we've also moved very quickly to try and develop stuff for the opportunities that it opened up. Well, like filming from people's homes and things like that, or had yeah, yeah, or or just minimum crewing, you know, social distancing and observing stuff. I I think we've personally, you know, the. There's been a lot of people shooting from homes, and I, I, th I think there's no, it doesn't replace good quality TV, which is why when we're doing the crime call, we used an outside broadcast, we used proper facilities um, on minimum crew, and I think providing we can work within those restrictions, it's a better way to go. Stephen Stewart from Green Inc. talking with Clive Whittingham. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.